Ja, det er Så Pleasure to be here. Um, I'm delighted. Um, I've been asked to um, come up and share a word with everyone. I just want to welcome people on Zoom, and um, I hope everyone's well. I'm just going to say a little prayer myself, just to um, get settled and um, preach what's on my heart. Dear Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, seated at the right hand of God. Lord, I just pray your word today just falls on fertile soil, Lord, which is good heart, Lord. I pray, Lord, that our ears be open, Lord, and our mind be open, Lord, to what you want to say to us today, Lord Jesus. And I ask that you keep me up steadfast today, Lord, with your word in your mighty name. I ask these things. Amen. Amen. So, what was put on my heart was um, probably one of the greatest sermons what has ever been preached and talked about and it's from Matthew 5 the Beatitudes and I know this sermon goes on 5, 6 and 7 it was one of the longest sermons Jesus taught I'm just going to focus on um, 7 verses today and give it the time it deserves so, Matthew wrote primarily to a Jewish audience presenting Jesus of Nazareth as Israel's long-awaited Messiah and rightful king. And I was just looking up the word beatitude because I didn't know what it meant really, so I thought I'd better look that word up. And it comes from the Latin beatus, meaning happy or fortunate. So, in the previous um, chapter, Jesus has just healed a great multitude of people. He'd been teaching, preaching, and doing miracles of all kinds, healing all kinds of sickness and diseases. So at the start of chapter 5, he's seen the multitudes, the large crowds. And when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them. So he taught them, he taught them the message of the gospel and how to live and how to treat people. You know, and there's a few things what, what he taught, what are really important. You know, in verse 3 it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So blessed, this word means happy, fortunate, <coughs> blissful. Here it speaks of more than a suffice emotion. Jesus was describing the divinely bestowed well-being that belongs only to the faithful. So the Lord's looking for people with obedient hearts, fertile hearts, willing to serve Him with what talents we've been given for the glory of Him. You know, I was thinking today, why do I come to church? It's the body of Christ. I need to to have a church. This is my home. You know, this is my family. I need to um, try and minister to people in whatever way God's given me gifts. You know, I don't think He just wants me to come to church to 
worship and sing, sing songs. You know, there's another reason for it. We're all God's hands and feet to work together for the for the glory of Him. You know, so Jesus was describing the divinely bestowed, as I've said. The worldly idea is that happiness is found in riches, merriment, abundant leisure and pleasure, you know, of a sinful world, you know. To find that the pleasure in um, material things, in, in clothes, and other stuff, you know, in self and selfishness, you know, God wants that to be rid of me. You know, God wants me to try and be kind to people and loving. You know, so the real truth is the very opposite. The Beatitudes give Jesus the description, the character of faith, poor in spirit, is the opposite of self-sufficiency. This speaks of a deep humility of recognising one's own spiritual bankruptcy, apart from God. It describes those who are acutely conscious of their own lostness and hopelessness apart from divine grace. And it tells us that in Matthew 18, verse 13. And it says, And if he should find it, assuredly I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the ninety-nine did not go, that did not go astray. Notice that the truth of salvation by grace is clearly presupposed in this opening verse in the Sermon on the Mount. So Jesus was teaching that the kingdom is a gracious gift to those who sense their own poverty of spirit. So it's like I've come to the end of the line. Yeah, I, I can't function without God. I thirst for God. You know, I, I'm impoverished of spirit. I need God's spirit. You know, so it's kind of like the emptying of self so God can fill us with his spirit. And what I mean by that, it's just like, I come to the end of myself, do you know, and there was no other options left. You know, I had to turn to God, and it wasn't like I you know, called on God. You know, he, can't, he comes looking for the one sheep out of the 99. Do you know, he comes looking for that sheep and you know, God and the angels rejoice when one person is saved. And when one person is saved and comes to Christ and responds to the gospel, you know, because it was easy to do prayers and, and scream out and cry to God. And the hard part was, and is, is picking your cross up and following Jesus in good, bad and indifference, you know, and responding to the gospel. So I'm going to move on now. So it talks in verse 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. This speaks of mourning over sin. The godly sorrow that produces repentance leading to salvation without regret. And I can cross-reference that in 2 Corinthians 7 verse 10. So that repentance over sin, asking God to change me, to turn away from sin, produces the godly sorrow. It refers to sorrow that is according to the will of God and produced by the Holy Spirit. It tells us that in 2 Timothy 2 verse 25. 
stating humility, correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth. Because I need to know the truth. You know, the Bible is based on truth upon truth upon truth upon truth. You know, it talks about seek the truth and the truth will set you free. You know, so those in opposition are primarily unbelievers. unbelievers. So you're either with Christ or you're not with Christ. If you're not with Christ, you're unredeemed. And if you're unredeemed, the Bible tells us where we're going to go. It's just to hell. It's heaven and it's hell. And whether we like it or not, and I say this in the most kind and respectful way, Jesus was like a hellfire preacher. He talked about heaven, he talked about love, but he talked about hell as well. And thank God we're in grace. So when God, by grace, grants saving faith, it includes the granting of repentance, as I've said, from sin, through his love and his kindness, and neither is of human work. I cannot produce it. The comfort in this is the comfort of forgiveness, as I've said, and salvation. And the cross-reference with this is in Isaiah 40, verses 1 and 2. And it speaks about that word comfort twice. Comfort, comfort. The prophecy addressed God's prophets, instructing them to emphasise the theme of comfort to a captive people in a foreign land many miles from their home city of Jerusalem. God has great plans for great blessings to Israel in the future because they are his covenant people who are never to be permanently cast away. So this is a continuation of um, that scripture in Isaiah. So far, inequity is pardoned, double for all their sins. Cruel slaughter and captivity at the hands of the Babylonians with sufficient payment for past sins. So someday after worldwide dispersion, Israel will return to her land in peace and in glory of the Messiah's kingdom. That's what the Bible tells us, which is true. So I'm going to move on now to um, verse 5. So it says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. So meekness is the opposite of being out of control. It is not weakness, but supreme self-control, empowered by the Spirit. Galatians 5, verse 23, talks about gentleness and self-control. Better translated, meekness, it is a humble and gentle attitude that is patiently submissive in every offence while having no desire for revenge or retribution. In the New Testament, it is used to describe three attitudes. Submission to the will of God, Colossians 3.12, teachability, James 1.21, and consideration of others, Ephesians 4, verse 2. So questions I have to ask myself as a believer, a Bible-believing believer. Am I submitting to the will of God? Am I teachable? 
I might consider it of others, even people who rub me up the wrong way. Jesus said, forgive them 77 times 7. Even when people are unkind or, or say rude things or oppose the word of God, Jesus says we have to come in a loving and forgiving spirit. Pray for them. Pray for their healing. Don't just go and rebuke them in a critical, hard, aggressive voice. There's no good. You know, and questions I have to ask myself. Am I living the Christian walk also? Am I free from the same sin? Not good me going to rebuke someone if I'm being a hypocrite, is it? I need healing myself. You know, I'm broken myself. And church is full of broken people. It's not full of perfect people. I, I, I do a ministry called Believers in Recovery. And uh, I go to a uh, 12-step recovery. I hear all kinds of crazy things what I could get involved in. You know, people say that churches are falling apart today and they're allowing this and that. And that may be true in some parts of the country. But, you know, what I say is there's some good churches out, out there, Hope Community Church. I love this church. I love what it stands for. You know, we might not have hundreds of members, but I'll tell you what, we sing like an orchestra, don't we? <laughs> we sing together in unity. You know, and we, we try and pick each other up. So let me move forward on continuation of this case I digress. The fact that the meek shall inherit the earth is quoted from Psalms 37 verse 11. Not only will they inherit the earth, they shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. That is a promise. Delight themselves in the abundance of peace. You know, and Jesus said, My peace I leave you. You know. So I'm gonna uh, move on to verse six. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. This is the opposite of self righteousness. And to be righteous is just to be made right with God. In God's eyes, to be right with God and to live a holy life. You know, it speaks to those who seek God's righteousness rather than attempting to establish a righteousness of their own. Romans 10.3, Philippines 3.9 It's only Jesus that will satisfy our hunger and thirst for the right relationship with God. So, God softens the heart regenerates the heart then call of repentance comes for salvation the Holy Spirit indwells in me I get convicted of sin I can't live like I used to no more because the Holy Spirit is in me and it's not compatible and then I have godly sorrow when I do sin and repent and then I can turn back to God for the right relationship with him. He says, it's okay, son, come back. I love you. You've repented. You're forgiven for all your sins, for what my son done on the cross. So I have a right relationship with God. And in verse 7, it says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And I love this, because in James 2, verse 13, it says, For judgment is without mercy. To the one who is showing no mercy, 
mercy triumphs over judgment, God's mercy. A person who shows no mercy and compassion for people in need demonstrates that they've never responded to the great mercy of God. The more I show mercy to people, the more God will show mercy to me. Show mercy to us as a church. And as an unredeemed person will receive only strict, unrelieved judgment in eternal hell. The person whose life is characterised by mercy is ready for the day of judgment and will escape all the charges that the strict justice might bring against them because by showing mercy to others he gives genuine evidence of having received God's mercy and it runs deep. It runs deep. Who will I show mercy to this day, this week, this month, this year? This must include everyone, even the unredeemed. It's easy to show mercy to people in church and um, people who are close to us. I kind of show mercy to the most um, person who opposes me in compassion and, and preach the gospel. You know, I, I believe I, I was saved so I could tell someone else about the gospel. I wasn't saved for any other reason. When, when I got saved, Jesus had someone else in mind. A lot of people in mind, actually. You know, the Great Commission. And um, I know his mercy runs deep. I know his grace runs deep. I know his love runs deep. You know, and it talks about Jesus, Jesus' humility in the Bible. He was humble, humble in heart, Jesus. You know, he showed um, compassion and love to people. You know, preferably people who were lost, lame, sick, broken, the prostitute, the beggar, the criminal. You know, and we're in with a chance, aren't we? Because a lot of people in the Bible, we speak speak about like Moses and chopping someone's ear off and Paul murdering someone and David and adulterer and killing someone. We're in with a chance, aren't we? Do you know what I mean? We're in with a chance of um, going to heaven. And I'm going to finish on, I was talking about like mercy and love and compassion and forgiveness and, you know, 22 and a half years ago, I was sat in a crack house with my sock stuck to me, not long out of prison. I had abscesses all over my body. I had a swollen liver. I felt abandoned, rejected. I was drinking from plastic cider bottles, cans all over the place, urine. Just no hope, lost. And, and Jesus had other ideas. There ain't no buses what go from there to here today. Do you know what I mean? And, and the love and the power of the Holy Spirit just redeemed my heart, you know. And um, on condition, there's a condition attached to this, that I show the same to others what I've experienced, because that is my giftings, you know. And I, I must remember that it's not about me, it's about Him, it's about His glory, it's about what. He's done, he's doing, 
and continues to do. And I just um, going to close with a prayer now. To you, Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you for Hope Community Church, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for the guidance. I thank you, Lord, that you're unifying us, Lord, and bringing us closer together. I thank you to those who serve, Lord, who are your hands and feet, Lord. I pray for people, Lord Jesus, who may be mourning right now, Lord, who may be broken. I just pray, Lord, that you bring them comfort and bring them healing at this time, Lord. I just pray, Lord, we can continue to glorify your name, Lord, and to be your hands and feet for the glory of your Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good.